In our world of hand sanitizers, are we becoming too clean? Welcome to ReachMD Book Club. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Jack Gilbert, author of Dirt is Good, The Advantage of Germs for Your Child's Developing Immune System. Dr. Gilbert, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Gilbert, you work as the director of the Microbiome Center at University of Chicago. Could you explain microbiomes? Yeah, so the microbiome is the total of the bacteria, the fungi, the viruses that live inside your body. There's around 40 trillion of the microorganisms inside you. They weigh around three pounds of your body mass, right? So if you ever wanted to lose those last few pounds, you could just take a lot of antibiotics and maybe they would go away. But it's extremely important. They play a major role in shaping how your immune system works. They can stimulate inflammation and they can control inflammation. They are a fine tuner, a balancer of how your body functions. So how different would your microbiome be from my microbiome? Interestingly, this is you know, new information we've only really gleaned in the last five years. Your microbiome is actually significantly different to my microbiome. You have a unique complement of species, right? So just like your backyard is probably very different to my backyard in terms of the number of plant species that are there, the types of plants that are there, the types of insects that are there, your body's the same way. It's an ecosystem, right? No two ecosystems are ever really the same. So your bacteria look very different to my bacteria. And so much so that we can actually identify you based on your microbiome so in a forensic way. It's quite remarkable. Maybe that'll be the newest iPhone. My microbiome will turn it on, I think. So a lot of the book is focused on children. How do we start our journey into the world microbiome-wise? Right. So one of the reasons I wanted to write the book is because I have two children. And one of the first instances, my introduction into fatherhood was when my first son was born. And he was born in a hospital in an environment where he was stressed by the procedure of going to hospital. And so he pooped in transit, right? (laughs) So-called meconium. Mm -hmm. And so he came out and amniotic fluid around him was kind of yellowish. And the strategy at the time, obviously, was to immediately give the child antibiotics in order to prevent any potential complications associated with an infection. I, if you poop and you could inhale that poop, maybe you could get an infection. Sure. And this is your introduction. This is your starting block, right? Most children are sterile in the womb, right, in their amniotic sac. When the amniotic sac ruptures, they are then suddenly exposed to all of the microorganisms associated with the mother, either through the birth canal or if you're born by a cesarean section, through her skin, right? And that's your starting culture. That's your colonization. And then some more microbes come in through breast milk. So if you're breastfed, you get some bacteria and some prebiotics, some of the food that feeds the bacteria through breast milk. And then the rest of those microbes come from all of the other interactions you have with the world. So in the case of my son, he may have got microbes from the stool, but we actually showed later on that he didn't need to get those antibiotics. The antibiotics actually had no improvement in whether he would get an infection or not. So this starting point in life and the potential antibiotic disruption that my son got are extremely important in helping us to shape our understanding of of how the microbiome plays a role in health and wellness of our children. So speaking about antibiotics, I think as a society, we have lots and lots of exposures to antibiotics, some overt, some covert. What does that do to the microbiome? 
well, obviously, the phrase is in the word, right? Antibiotic, it kills the bacteria, and your bacteria is a complex ecosystem. So just as if you went into your backyard and you just started spraying weed killers and grass killers everywhere, you disrupt and you destroy the biomass of your garden. It might take a long while for it to grow back. The same is true for your microbiome. Now, sometimes you need an antibiotic, right? They have saved millions and millions and millions of lives. They are an extremely valuable tool in our toolkit for keeping people alive, healthy, and well. However, you know, when we don't need to use them, and quite often they are prescribed or taken in cases where it's not indicated and they're not necessary. And so when that happens, you are not just taking a drug that isn't necessary, you're also taking a drug that can disrupt your bacterial population. And remember, the bacteria are helping to keep your immune system in check, balancing the immune system alongside itself. They're also producing chemicals in your gut that actually feed your muscles. They feed your bones. They can regulate your insulin levels. They play an incredible role in helping you to live and develop in a normal and healthy way. And that's the overt antibiotics, the covert antibiotics, all the antibiotics that are in our meat products, right? The, 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 the beef and the poultry and, you know, et cetera. What is your view on all the antibiotics that we're exposed to that we don't realize we're getting? Yeah, I mean, obviously, most manufacturers are extremely careful about making sure that we do not have clinically relevant levels of antibiotics in any of the food we consume. And there's very, very careful regulations making sure of that. But, you know, bear in mind that obviously, if we treat our animals with antibiotics before we eat them, then their bodies have been altered because their microbiota have been altered. They have a microbiome as well. And that could have implications that are unforeseen. Also, yeah, there are an increasing amount of antibiotics in some water supplies and in our general environment, which could be disrupting our natural ecosystems. And that will have a feedback effect upon our health, right, as humans. Remember, we live in almost a symbiotic relationship with the rest of the world. We, we try to ignore that most of the time. But, you know, we need to be very careful about how we maintain the health and wellness, not just of our bodies, but of our environments as well, because they play a vital role in shaping our health. So I think on a practical level, when people are kind of dealing with some maintenance work on their own microbiome, people often turn to probiotics. Could you comment on their role and the science behind them? Yeah, so a probiotic is an organism, a bacteria usually, that you will take and it will have a demonstrable effect upon your health, right? You know, it's supposed to make you better. Um, there is a huge amount of evidence and we list all of the evidence for each of the probiotics which you can buy in the store. We list all the evidence in the book in a chapter specifically designed to help parents make a, an informed choice about which probiotics to take for their children, right? If you buy the book for no other reason, I personally found the development of that chapter to be immensely informative in the well care of my own children, right? So, but there are probiotics which have been shown through double-blind clinical trials that are placebo-controlled, right? That is our gold standard for testing if something works. And they've shown that they can be highly effective in treating diarrhea and other infections. They can be highly effective in treating some skin allergies. They can be even effective in treating other food allergies. We are exploring ways that they can be effective for many other conditions. So they can be useful. Now, whether probiotics are useful in maintaining wellness in a child, so if your child's already healthy, should you take probiotics prophylactically? We don't have any evidence of that yet, but we're constantly exploring this area. And so we want people to be able to make informed choices about what's known and you know, what's possible, what's in the future. 
So one of the studies that kind of stands out to me in my clinical practice is actually using probiotics and colic. And if we're talking about children, do you want to comment on that study? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, probiotics have been shown to have a significant impact in the reduction of colic in children. Obviously, you know, this is a major concern for parents and for the children, obviously. And so we wanted to be able to explore whether a probiotic getting inside the gut can stimulate an immune response, which can reduce that kind of inflammatory condition, which can lead to colic. And so while we don't fully understand the mechanism yet, we don't exactly understand why when we add this particular bacteria, it stimulates the immune system in this particular way and prevents inflammation in this particular way. What we do know is it seems to work. <laughs> At the very basic level, there are microorganisms out there that you can buy in the store that are safe and have no known side effects. Um, if your child has colic, you could take and have been shown in clinical trials to have a demonstrable effect. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD Book Club. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. And I'm talking with Dr. Jack Gilbert, author of Dirt is Good, The Advantage of Germs for Your Child's Developing Immune System. So how about the impact of the microbiome on things like food allergies, food sensitivities? So, I mean, remember what a food allergy is. It's your body's inappropriate inflammatory response, right, to the antigens in the food, right? Your food is a foreign object still. And sometimes that food can get out of your gut and into your body. So it can break across the gut membrane into the bloodstream. The immune system recognizes it as foreign and overreacts. Then you get what we commonly associate with either mild or potentially lethal allergy, right? So some children can die from their allergies. That's why we have to be very careful. Now, the microbiome plays a very significant role in this. It regulates the barrier of your gut, right? It's actually got almost like soldier guards at the front gate of your gut membrane, um, helping to make sure that it stays intact, make sure that it stays strong, and therefore that food doesn't get across it. Also, some of those bacteria can play a role in suppressing some of the inflammatory responses, which um, potentially lead to chronic conditions or acute problems when someone eats the wrong type of food. So having the right kinds of microbes in your gut could help to either prevent you from developing a food allergy or limit the likelihood that you will have an allergic reaction to a food. You know, this is very early science, but there's research going across the board in many different universities, including our own, that's actually pointing out that this is highly effective. Again, we detail in the book the types of responses, what's known about the microbiome and particular types of food allergy, and the potential strategies that a parent can take to explore ways that food allergic response could be ameliorated by a, maybe a probiotic therapy. And certainly there's lots of things coming out now in the diabetes literature about the microbiome and diabetes and obesity. Would you comment on that? Yeah, and it's remarkable. We do this all day. Right? The microbiome has been shown to have an effect in so many different disorders. I mean, it's because it's a major thing inside our body. It's almost like another organ, right? So it, when it's disrupted, it disrupts other things. And remember, the microbiome is a composition of a thousand different bacterial species, right? <laughs> so it's a huge amount of diversity. And some of those species produce chemicals which get in, into your bloodstream and actually help to stimulate the production of insulin and maintain, therefore, your body's ability to control blood sugar, right? So it can help you. Certain microorganisms in your gut can actually help you to 
regulate how food affects your blood sugar levels and, and regulate insulin production. And, and that means that you can stave off or prevent the development of diabetes. People who do develop diabetes often have a disrupted microbiome, missing certain types of microbes, which actually help to regulate insulin concentration and blood sugar. And this has been shown to such an effect that there's a company out there called Day2 that's actually demonstrated that the microbiome and its capacity can be predictive of your response to a particular food, right? So whether you will have a glycemic response, like a high blood sugar response to bread or to white rice or to ice cream, seems to actually be indicated not just by the food type itself, but by your unique microbiome, right? You know, So you might have a high glycemic response to ice cream, whereas I might have a low glycemic response to ice cream. I might have a high glycemic response to white rice, and you might have a low one. And that appears to be programmed by the bacteria that are in your gut and my gut. And so we can make that prediction now. So the logic would follow if you could change my microbiome to something that doesn't have me have a bad reaction to ice cream or white rice or white bread, that we could fix a bunch of this stuff, correct? Absolutely. I mean, even in the near term, companies like Day2, which I have no affiliation, are actively using this to help people manage their diet better. So if you know that you know eating white rice is going to cause you to have a high glycemic response and you're pre-diabetic, right? Then you can avoid the white rice. You know, right now our ability to predict a diet for somebody with pre-diabetes is really poor. We tell them to avoid a whole ton of things that could be bad, but there are certain things in their diet that could still be bad for them, but for them alone. So, you know, just by helping people to regulate their diet, we can help them stave off the problem and maybe even reverse the likelihood that they'll develop it at all. And absolutely, yeah, maybe in the future we could just give them a transplant or a probiotic formulation that would add the right kinds of microbes back in. They'll help them to reverse their diabetes overall. So speaking to your title, dirt being good, the environment out there that's filled with germs and dirt, is that really dangerous for our kids? Is that good for our kids? So we've done studies looking at people who grow up in different types of environments, like do you grow up on a farm or do you grow up in a city or do you grow up in the suburbs, right? And what we've shown from those studies, and there's many, many of those studies across many different labs all the way around the world, is that the types of bacteria you're exposed to, and importantly, the diversity of bacteria you're exposed to from a diverse array of sources, can play a significant role in whether you will develop certain types of conditions, like asthma, for example. So children that are exposed to more bacteria, more diverse sources of bacteria early in life, under the age of six months, have a very significant reduction in the likelihood they'll develop asthma. For example, children who have a dog in their home and who physically interact with that, that dog under the age of nine months are 13% less likely to develop asthma. But children who grow up on a farm are almost 50% less likely to develop asthma. So there's this almost reverse argument that it being exposed to dog germs and cow germs and sheep germs in an environment. So we think that maybe those could make us very, very sick. And that's always a possibility. It's just a very, very small possibility. There's a very large possibility, a significantly large possibility, that if you're not exposed to those kind of bacteria and microbes, that you could actually develop chronic diseases that will plague you for the rest of your life and make your quality of life very low and potentially even kill you still. So we're talking about balance. Yes, some dirt is good. Some dust from the environment can be beneficial. Some environments can be health-promoting. We want to be able to provide parents with the right information 
from our numerous peer-reviewed, scientifically classified studies that are you know, accepted by the mainstream medical establishment that will enable parents to make an informed choice about the kinds of interventions they might be able to do. And some of those interventions are easy. Get a dog in your home. Make your kids play outside. Make them do chores in the garden. You know, or get a window box and make them start to plant and look after some some different you know crops. Maybe <laughs> you know, get them involved in those kind of uh, those scenarios. Let them live their life. A little less hand sanitizer, a little more mud might make a whole lot of sense. Any last points you want to talk about for your book? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is one of the reasons I wrote the book with my colleagues is we wanted as parents to provide people with the evidence that we developed through our scientific area that we've been applying as parents, right? My wife made me rescue some dogs and bring them into our home, right? I actively modulate my children's diet in order to help them live and develop a healthy immune system. Um, so we took all of that evidence-based information and put it into the book. And the book is designed in a quick reference guide style, right? So if you have a question, you go in there, you look up the question, you get the answer. And I know as well as anybody that parents just don't have the time to read a lengthy tome. So this is not that. It provides you with an opportunity to reference the information and find the information when you need it, when you want it. It's there for you, right? So you can make those decisions. So the book is Dirt is Good, The Advantage of Germs for Your Child's Developing Immune System. Dr. Gilbert, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Have a lovely day. You've been listening to ReachMD Book Club. To find this program or other programs in the series, visit reachmd.com slash book club. Thanks for listening.